0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to The Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, here to chill the very marrow of your bone once again with some more creepy supernatural tales and urban legends. Do you like a good ghost story? Well I do hope so since you've tuned into my show, but if you'd like to hear more or come and see me in person or listen to other people tell their stories of the paranormal, we have the Paranormal Festival coming up this August the 24th. This will be held at Palisades Park in Onionah, Alabama. We will be there from 11 a.m. until 9 p.m. on August the 24th, that's a Saturday. I will be bringing a couple of my haunted dolls to display and to share their stories. I'll also be sharing a few EVP clips and doing a, a one-hour lecture during that festival. And I will have my books on hand. All of my paranormal books will be on hand for Signature. You can take pictures of the haunted dolls. And we're just going to have a great time. That day, a great spooky time. Once again, Paranormal Festival, Palisades Park in Onayana, Alabama, August the 24th. That's Saturday from 11 a.m. until 9 p.m. You can get your tickets at abnormalalabama.com. Speaking of Abnormal Alabama, be sure to go to their Facebook page and like it because each Tuesday night we do a podcast, a video podcast where myself and a few other paranormal panelists will be coming to you to share stories and talk about paranormal and all things abnormal in Alabama. So be sure to check that out every Tuesday night starting at 7 p.m. Central Time. It is shown live on their Facebook page, Abnormal Alabama, so be sure to check that out. Now, are you ready for some good spooky stories? Last week I was reminded of one of the old famous, not heard of as much anymore, but one of the old famous tales that used to be shared here in Alabama over a hundred years ago. It's a story about a creature you've probably never heard of, but now I'm going to introduce you to him. A very strange and macabre name this guy has. His name is, are you ready? Raw Head and Bloody Bones. Yes, that's his name. And he used to be the official boogeyman here in the southeast back in the late 1800s. Let me tell you a little bit about Raw Head and Bloody Bones. Children that misbehaved were often threatened with a visit from Bloody Bones. The name Bloody Bones itself could understandably be enough to scare the bad behavior out of any young child. In fact, the nursery rhyme went as follows, Raw Head and Bloody Bones steals naughty children from their homes, takes them to his dirty den, and they are never seen again. Raw head and bloody bones is sometimes depicted as a pile of bloody bones rattling to life as a headless horror on which a skinless head would find its place. The skinless head provided by its neck next victim. Other versions of the tale describe bloody bones as a skeletal being, bloody and stripped of most bodily tissue. In certain versions of the tale, Rawhead is the severed head of a butchered hog who, after being brought to life by a vengeful witch, reunites with its scattered bones to find the hunter who killed it. It is said that Rawhead Bloody Bones' favorite place to hide usually is in cupboards, under dark stairs, or other dark and musty places. Children who are brave enough to peek through a crack may see him, a bloody horror waiting, crouched over a pile of small, childlike bones the bones of children that misbehaved in the past. If you should ever hear the sound of rattling bones at night, sourcing from the stairwell or your mother's dusty cupboard, it may be best not to peek inside. Ooh, sounds like any child's worst nightmare. As I've said, there are different versions of the story, but the one most prominent here in the Southeast of the United States is the following version of Raw Head and Bloody Bones. Way back in the deep woods, there lived a scrawny old woman who had a reputation for being the best conjuring woman in the Ozarks. With her bedraggled black and gray hair, funny eyes, one eye yellow and the other one green, and her crooked nose. Old Betty, as she was known, was not a pretty picture, but she was the best there was at fixing what ailed a man, and that was all that counted. Old Betty's house was full of herbs and roots and bottles filled with conjuring medicine. The walls were lined with strange books brimming with magical spells. Old Betty was the only one living in the hollow who knew how to read. Her granny, who was also a conjurer, had taught her the skill as part of her magical training. Just about the only friend Old Betty had was a tough, mean old razorback hog that ran wild around her place. It rooted up so much in her kitchen garbage that all of the leftover spells started affecting it. Some folks swore up and down that the old razorback hog sometimes walked upright like a man. One fellow claimed he'd seen the pig sitting in the rocker on old Betty's porch chattering away to her while she stewed up some potions in the kitchen. But everyone discounted that story on account of the fellow who told it was a little too fond of moonshine. Rawhead was the name old Betty gave the Razorback Hog, referring maybe to the way the ugly creature looked, a bit like some of the dead pigs come butchering time down in Hogscald Hollow in Missouri. The Razorback didn't mind the funny name. Rawhead kept following old Betty around her little cabin and rooting up the kitchen leftovers. He'd even walked to town with her when she came to the local mercantile to sell her home remedies. Well folks in town got so used to seeing Rawhead and Old Betty around the town that it looked mighty strange one day around hog driving time when Old Betty came to the mercantile without him. Where's Rawhead? the owner asked as he accepted her basket full of home remedy potions. The liquid in the bottle swished in an agitated manner as Old Betty said I ain't seen him around today and I'm mighty worried. Have you seen him here in town? Nobody's seen him around today. They would have told me if they did, the mercantile owner said. We'll keep a look-eye out, look-eye out for you. Well, that's mighty kind of you. If you see him, tell him to come home straight away old Betty said the mercantile owner nodded agreement as he handed over her weekly pay old Betty fussed herself all the way home it wasn't like rawhead to disappear especially not the day that they went to town together the man at the mercantile always saved the best scraps for the mean old Razorback and rawhead never missed a visit When the old conjuring woman got home, she mixed up a potion and poured it into a flat plate. "'Where's that old hag that old hog got to?' she asked the liquid. It clouded over and then a series of pictures formed. First old Betty saw the good-for-nothing hunter that lived on the next ridge sneaking around the forest rounding up razorback hogs that didn't belong to him. One of the hogs was Rawhead. Then she saw him taking the hogs down to Hogscald Hollow, where folks from the town were slaughtering their razorbacks. Then she saw her hog, good old Rawhead, slaughtered with the rest of the pigs and hung up for gutting. The final picture in the liquid broth was the pile of bloody bones that had once been her beloved hog, as his scraped clean head lay with the other hog's heads in a pile. Old Betty was infuriated by the death of her only dear friend. It was murder to her plain and simple nothing else but murder everyone in three counties knew that rawhead was her best friend and that lazy hog stealing good-for-nothing hunter on the ridge was going to pay for slaughtering him now old Betty tried to practice white conjuring most of the time but she knew the dark secrets too she pulled out an old secret book her granny had given her, and turned to the very last page. She lit up several candles and put them around the plate containing the liquid picture of Rawhead and his bloody bones. Then she began to chant, Rawhead and bloody bones, Rawhead and bloody bones. The light from the windows disappeared, as if the sun had been snuffed out like a candle. Dark clouds billowed into the clearing where old Betty's cabin stood, and the howl of dark spirits could be heard in the wind that pummeled the treetops. Raw head and bloody bones, raw head and bloody bones betty continued the chant until a bolt of silver lightning left the plate and streaked out through the window heading in the direction of hog scald hollow when the silver light struck raw heads severed head which was piled on the hunter's wagon with the other hog heads it tumbled to the ground and rolled until it was touching the bloody bones that had once inhabited its body. As the hunter's wagon rumbled away toward the ridge where he lived, the enchanted Rawhead called out, Bloody Bones, get up and dance. Immediately the bloody bones reassembled themselves into the skeleton of a razorback hog, walking upright, as Rawhead had often done. When he was alone with old Betty. The head hopped on top of his skeleton and raw head bloody bones went searching through the woods for weapons to use against the hunter. He borrowed the sharp teeth of a dying panther, the claws of a long dead bear, and the tail from a rotting raccoon and put them over his skinned head and bloody bones. Then Rawhead headed up the track toward the ridge, looking for the hunter who had slaughtered him. Rawhead slipped past the thief on the road and slid into the barn where the hunter kept his horse and wagon. He climbed up into the loft and waited for the hunter to come home. It was dusk when the hunter drove into the barn and unhitched the horse. The horse, sensing the presence of raw head in the loft, snorted in fear. Wondering what was disturbing his usually calm horse, the hunter looked around and saw a large pair of eyes staring down at him from the darkness in the loft. The hunter frowned thinking it was one of the local kids fooling around in his barn. Then, old Goshen, what have you got those big eyes for? He snapped, thinking the kids were trying to scare him with some crazy mask. To see your grave, Rawhead rumbled very softly. The hunter snorted, irritated, and put his horse into the, into the stall. Very funny, ha <laughs> ha, the hunter said. When he came out of the stall, he saw Rawhead had crept forward a bit further. Now his luminous eyes and his bare claws could be seen. "Land old Garson, what have you got them big claws for, he snapped. You look ridiculous. To dig your grave, Rawhead said softly his voice a deep rumble that raised the hairs on the back of the hunter's neck. He stirred uneasily, not sure how this crazy kid in his loft could have made such a scary sound, if it really was a crazy kid. Now feeling a little spooked, he hurried to the door and let himself out of the barn. Rawhead slipped out of the loft and climbed down the side of the barn behind him. With nary a rustle to reveal his presence, Rawhead raced through the trees and up the path to a large, moonlit rock. He hid in the shadow of the huge stone, so that the only things showing were his gleaming yellow eyes, his bare claws, and his raccoon tail. When the hunter came level with the rock on the side of the path, he gave a startled yelp. Staring at Rawhead, he gasped. You nearly knocked the heart right out of me, you crazy kid. Land of Goshen, what have you got that crazy tail for? To sweep your grave. Rawhead boomed, his enchanted voice echoing through the woods getting louder and louder with each echo The hunt the hunter took his to his heels and ran for his cabin He raced past the old well house past the wood pile over the rotting fence and into his yard but Rawhead was faster When the hunter reached his porch Rawhead leapt from the shadows and loomed over him the hunter stared in terror up at Rawhead's gleaming yellow eyes and the ugly razorback hogshead, his bloody-boned skeleton with its long bare claws, sweeping raccoon's tail, and his gleaming, sharp panther teeth. <laughs> Land of Gorshin, where have you got those big teeth for, he gasped desperately stumbling backwards from the terrible figure before him. To eat you up like you wanted to eat me, Rawhead roared, descending upon the good-for-nothing hunter. The murdering thief gave one long scream in the moonlight. And then there was silence, followed by the sound of crunching. Crunching, Crunch, crunch, crunch. Nothing more was ever heard or seen of the lazy hunter who lived on the ridge. His horse also disappeared that night. But sometimes folks would see Rawhead roaming through the forest in the company of his old friend, Betty. And once a month, On the night of the full moon, Rawhead would ride the hunter's horse through town, wearing the old man's blue overalls over his bloody bones, with a hole cut out for his raccoon tail. In his bloody, bare-clawed hands, he carried his raw, razor-back hog's head, lifting it high against the full moon for everyone to see. And from that day forward, the parents of those children who tried to be rotten and ugly would tell them, warning them, saying, Don't get caught after dark, and don't get caught misbehaving, or raw head and bloody bones will come to eat you too. And that is the story of the famous Ozark legend of raw head and bloody bones. One that's not often told nowadays, but it's still hidden there in the history of the annals of urban legends running aloft in the Ozarks of the Southeast. It's quite a frightening tale, so it's a shame to let it go to waste. Be sure to add that to your list of creepy tales to tell around that creepy campfire this summer. And now, for the second half of our show, we have a story simply called, Sunday Morning. Sounds bright and cheery, doesn't it? (laughs) Boy, are you in for a real treat here because this is one heck of a ghost story. Sunday Morning. There was a young girl named Josephine who was habitually late for Sunday morning Mass at her local church. She always forgot to set her alarm and wouldn't wake up in time. Finally, she got tired of her parents telling her off and decided she would never be late for Mass again. One Sunday morning, Josephine woke up at midnight. Unaware of what time it was, she thought she had overslept again and jumped out of bed. She quickly got dressed and ran out the door without ever looking at the clock. It was still dark outside, but it usually was dark at that time of year. It was very quiet and there was nobody else on the street. The only sound she could hear was the noise of her own footsteps on the pavement as she hurried towards the church. When she heard the church bell ring, she quickened her pace and took a shortcut through the cemetery. She got to the church just as the service was about to begin and found a seat. When she sat down, she finally took a look around. Much to her surprise, she didn't recognize anyone here. The church was filled with people she had never seen before. They were all staring straight ahead, and an eerie silence hung over the gathering. When the priest came out to celebrate Mass, Josephine realized he was a stranger too. The priest told the congregation to pray for the soul of a young girl named Francois, who had died the night before. Josephine was shocked, for she knew Francois, and she had never even heard that the poor girl was even ill. Something was radically wrong. She began to feel very uneasy. She looked around again, and as her eyes began to adjust to the dim light, she saw someone she knew there was an old woman sitting at the back of the church. Josephine's heart sank when she remembered the old woman had died the year before. Looking towards the front of the church, she saw that some of the people sitting there looked very strange. Their skin seemed to be pearly white. One of them turned his head and Josephine discovered to her horror that he was nothing but a skeleton in a suit, just a skull and some bones. This is a mass for the dead, thought Josephine. Everybody here is dead except me. It's a, it's a specter's mass. She noticed that some of them were staring at her, Their eyes were filled with anger. It was clear to her that she had no business being here. Suddenly, she felt a tap on her shoulder. Nervously, she turned around and found her grandfather standing in the row behind her. He had been dead for three years. There was a worried look on his dead face as he leaned towards her and whispered in her ear. Leave right now while you still can, he hissed. You don't belong here. Josephine immediately grabbed her coat and walked quickly toward the door. She heard hollow footsteps echoing behind her and glanced back. The dead were rising out of their seats and following her. Their faces were twisted in fury and hate. Josephine was terrified, and she dashed to the door, a pack of shrieking ghosts snapping at her heels. She felt skeletal hands grabbing at her, trying to catch her and stop her from leaving. She twisted and turned, struggling to free herself from their grasps. Their hands continued grabbing, and her coat was ripped off, her hat snatched from her head, and she just managed to slip out the door, a skeletal hand just missing her. Screaming and crying, and almost out of her mind with fear, Josephine ran and ran all the way home. She told her parents what happened. Later that day, Someone came to the house holding what was left of Josephine's coat and her hat. Both had been found in the cemetery and both were torn to shreds. The story of Sunday morning has been around since 1890. That was the earliest recording of that very story. And it's been told in several different versions, but usually all with the same storyline. But it's still a fantastic story over 100 years later. A great chilling tale to tell around a dark night around the campfire. So be sure to save that one too. It's a great story. Let's not let these tales die or fly away in the wind because they can still be enjoyed today and still give a chill to our young audience. I want to once again remind you, next month, the second Friday in August, will be the release date of the new movie, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, based on the book series from 30 years ago, a series of books I used to love reading, and I can't wait to see this movie. It's It's going to be great. It's based on urban legends and scary stories, just like I've been telling you. So, be sure to catch it when it hits a theater near you. Thank you so much for once again tuning in to The Haunted Collection. And hopefully I'll be back in a few weeks to share some more tales from the dreary dark side. Until then, have a great time, a good evening. And happy hauntings.